This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast Channel. This episode is going to be Catholic commentary on the Catholic Bible. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am and all that I have and all that I do shall be consecrated to your service and to your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. Okay. I was blessed to pick up a Catholic commentary on Holy Scripture. Um, I basically... Uh, I think that this would be useful if... Uh, I started sharing some of the stuff that I read from this commentary. I'm going to be going in order, but I'm going to start with the New Testament because the New Testament is basically, um, you need to understand that. I, I know some other people disagree and say you need to start with the Old Testament, um, but in, it's been in my experience that in order stand, to understand um, the Catholic religion, you really need to start with the New Testament. And really, with my understanding, um, the Old Testament, once you have an understanding of the New Testament, when you start reading the Old Testament, you'll see how the Old Tes Testament led to the New. Um. Now with this with this commentary I'm going to do one chapter at a time. And with this commentary it's basically broken down to um the text of scripture and of course there are footnotes uh notating certain names and places. Then there's the commentary and that's pretty much it. Um, as of anything else I do when I take material uh, from Catholic sources, I will list the name of the book, the author, and um, the relevant information in the show notes. So if you listen to this and you're interested, the information's going to be in the show notes. So, chapter 1 is the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist. This is taken from St. Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 23. At the time when Herod, the footnote says, uh, this was the king um who reigned from the year 40 B.C. to A.D. 3, um, was king in Judea. The footnote here says that this was the name given to the southern portion of Palestine. The center was called Samaria and the North Galilee. The country east of the Jordan was called Perea. I'll just spell it out. P E R E. Or I'm sorry, P-E-R-A-E-A. -E -A. 
There lived in a small city in the hill country, a priest named Zachary, whose wife was called Elizabeth. They were both just before God and walked blamelessly. The footnote here says that they were not in a state of sin and carefully observed all the commandments of God. In all the, um, they walked blamelessly in all the commandments of the Lord. They had no children, and they grieved over this, for the Jews rightly looked upon children as a precious gift of God. This was a cause of great affliction for them, or to them. They often prayed that God would give them a son, but their prayers seemed to remain unanswered as they were both now advanced in years. Um, this basically means that they were past childbearing years. But they had great faith in God, and even though um, it seemed physically impossible for them to have children, they kept praying to God to have one anyway. It so happened that Zachary went to Jerusalem when his term came to perform the priestly office. Um, the footnote here says that the priests were distributed into 24 classes or families, each class had to attend to the service of the temple for eight days. When Zachary's turn came round, he went to Jerusalem. The various services of the temple, such as offering of the daily sacrifices and incense and the care of the sacred fire and the lamps of the seven-branched candlestick, changing the loaves of proposition, were appropriated to various priests by lot. This time, the lot of offering incense in the sanctuary had fallen to Zachary. He entered into the sanctuary to offer incense on the altar while the people prayed outside because the priests were only allowed to enter the sanctuary. And behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. Zachary was troubled at the sight of the angel, but the angel said to him, Fear not, Zachary, for your prayer, um, the prayer for the, he was praying for the Savior of Israel, is heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, shall bear you a son, and you shall call him his name John. You shall have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great before the Lord, and shall drink no wine, nor strong drink, and he shall be filled. Um, when they say filled, they mean he, he will be freed from original sin. Um, that was the footnote. With the Holy Ghost, and even from his mother's womb, he shall convert many. of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he shall go before them. Meaning that he, he was to come before the Messiah. He was going to go before the Messiah, and he was going to announce that the Messiah was coming. And to bring the people to do penance and sacrifice themselves in preparation for the coming of the Savior. 
and in the spirit and power of Elijah, and the footnote here says, with the same dispositions and the same zeal, speaking out with courage, even against the evil doings of of kings, even as the great prophet Elijah had preached penance in the Old Testament, to prepare for the Lord a perfect people. Zachary said to the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my life is advanced, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel, who stands before God, and I am sent to speak of speak to you and to bring you these good tidings. Behold, thou shalt be dumb and shall not be able to speak until the day in which these things shall come to pass, because you have not believed my words. The footnote here says that the angel told Zachary not only that he would have a son, but that this son would be the precursor to the Redeemer. The news was too great for Zachary, being more than he had dared to ask for. Not feeling able to believe it, he asked for a sign by which um, he might be certain that this thing would be as the angel had said. Having spoken, thus he disappeared. Meanwhile, the people in the temple were expecting um, Zachary. And the footnote here says that because the priest, after offering incense, solemnly blessed the people, that's why they were wondering where he was. And they wondered at his long delay. It took him longer, basically, than it should have. And when at length he appeared, he could not speak to them except by signs. And the people knew. Um, they knew because he couldn't speak. And secondly, because his face was illuminated by holy joy. That he had seen a vision in the temple. After the days of his ministry were accomplished, Zachary departed to his own house. Okay, so here's, here's the commentary. The promise of the Redeemer, by announcing to Zachary his holy son should precede the Messiah, the angel foretold the speedy advent of the Messiah, the divinity of Jesus Christ. The words of the angel testified that the Redeemer was God. He shall, said Gabriel, alluding to the son of Zachary, convert many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him. Now, who is meant by him? The Lord God is meant. Therefore, the Messiah, before whom John was to go, must be the Lord God himself. The power of preserving prayer. Zachary and Elizabeth had probably prayed for many years that they might have a son. Their prayers seemed to be offered in vain, but nonetheless they preserved in laying the in laying the great desire of their hearts before God. At last they were heard and received from God much more than they had asked for. They had asked for a son who might succeed his father in the priestly office, and they received a son who was to become the great to become a great saint, a prophet of God, and the precursor to the Messiah. This was rich reward for the perseverance in their prayer. Steadfastness. 
Zachary and Elizabeth are models of steadfastness in what is right. They lived in an evil time when most Israelites and even most of the priests had grown lax in the service of God and no longer worshipped him in their hearts. But in spite of their evil example of those around them, Zachary and Elizabeth remained true to God and faithfully observed his commandments. True Justice Zachary and Elizabeth were not only just in the eyes of men as were the hypocritical Pharisees, but were just before God. Many people think it's enough to appear righteous in the eyes of the world. This may be sufficient enough to save us from being put into prison, but it will not prove enough to obtain for us entrance into heaven. He who wishes to be just before God and to dwell with him one day in heaven must observe all of God's commandments and do his will in all things as Zachary and Elizabeth did. Abstinence from strong drink. St. John the Baptist abstained from wine and strong drink throughout his whole life. Uh, basically, it's it's got some commentary about how the young should avoid alcohol. Um, but basically, his abstinence from strong drink. Uh, basically, there was a sect in Israel at the time called the Nazarenes or the Nazarite. No, the Nazarenes. I'm sorry. Um, basically. Samson was a Nazarene, and basically these guys were um, they were prophets who took vows not to cut their hair and to avoid strong drink and to be very um, very plain in their choice of food, um, and that th- those were the vows that they took. And basically John the Baptist was a Nazarene. The doubt of Zachary, the sign of Zachary, the sign given to him, the, the angel said to Zachary, your prayer is heard. Zachary ought have known, ought to have known by these words that the speaker was a messenger sent by God for God alone can see the heart and it was from him alone that the angel could have known what Zachary had prayed for. Nonetheless, Zachary would not fully believe the good tidings. He and his wife being old, it was not so unlikely that they should have a son that he had asked for a sign. His request was granted. At that very moment, he lost both his speech and his hearing because according to St. Ambrose, that he had lost both speech and hearing, or I'm sorry, at the very moment, he lost both speech and hearing becoming, according to St. Ambrose, deaf as well as dumb. And um, his his friends had to make signs to him because he could not hear them. The deafness and the dumbness were meant to serve a threefold purpose. 
One, they were a sign by which Zachary should know that the angel's message had come from God and surely would be accomplished. Two, they were a punishment to the holies, holy man's passing of doubt, for willful doubt is a sin. However, we may assume that Zachary's doubt was not quite willful, but the result of surprise and want of consideration, and that therefore his sin was only venial. Three, this particular mode of punishment was meant was to be the means of keeping secret the relevation made to Zachary. It had been revealed to him that his son should go before the redeem of uh, the Messiah, and therefore the the Messiah was soon to come. Zachary's impulse and the joy of his heart would have been to announce to all the pious Israelites the good news that the day for which they'd all longed for and the hour of salvation were at hand. Now, however, he was struck dumb, and according to the decrees of God, of of God's wisdom, the great secret could not just yet be disclosed to the world. Okay, so that's the end of the first um, chapter. I really appreciate you guys taking the time and giving me um, a listening to this uh, podcast. I truly hope it uh, blesses you. Um, may God bless you. I am praying for you all. Have a good day. Bye-bye.